the the level of prof- the just profound personal animus mm-hmm. that Romney holds for other leading lights in the Republican Party. This is just a few highlights. Ron DeSantis, there's no, just no warmth at all. And that's one of the nicer quotes. Newt Gingrich, a smug know-it-all, smarmy and too pleased with himself. Santorum, sanctimonious, severe, strange. Rick Perry, Republicans must realize that we have to have someone who can complete a sentence. Ted Cruz, frightening, scary, a demagogue. Huckabee, a huckster, a caricature of a for-profit preacher, Bobby Jindal, a twit, John Kasich, lack of thoughtfulness, lack of attentiveness, ego, no wonder he and Chris Christie spark. With friends like that, um, I am eager to know whether this this distrust, this distaste for for the leaders in his party was 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 it always in him or did Trump really catalyze a sense of anger and frustration? Well, I, I think that that what's important to know about those quotes is some of them are things that he told me over the course of those two years. Some of them are from his journals dating back a, a decade. Right. And so what that shows is that for a long time, he has had a sense that the Republican base gravitates toward figures who he finds unimpressive, uh, to say the least, yeah. sometimes frightening, right? Um, but especially in the last few years, he's seen the party, uh, you know, become more and more populist, more and more extreme. And, you know, th- th- those quotes have started to get a lot of attention in the last few days. And people have said, oh, he's consumed with resentments. He's just, you know, mad that he lost his election. I think it, what it really ref- reflects is a profound disappointment yeah. in the leaders of his party, this party that he once believed in so much, that he thought represented all these things like free trade and democracy promotion. Um, and, and now he sees it become a cult of personality around Donald Trump. And he sees these people he once did respect or at least hold in high regard um, rally around Donald Trump, even while in private, they tell him, yeah, Donald Trump is a menace. Yeah, he's he's terrible, but we have to do this because we need to win our next election. I think something after January 6th and him just snapped yeah. and he was finally ready to unburden himself. And that that's really what he did with me for two years. Actually, a connection of what we've been talking about earlier in the show with Mark Meadows and Jenna Ellis, which is that it appears these members of the Republican House caucus are rooting out anyone C. Emmer, who was nominated and then quickly uh, stepped away because he dared not support those lawsuits challenging the election results. Now, he did sign on to one in Texas, so he's not totally clean on this. But anybody and they're proudly talking behind the scenes to Trump's people saying, I stood up for you in the caucus room. I stood up for you. We're getting rid of anybody who does not support you. Donald Trump hangs over this process entirely. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, the Republicans are now in this, uh, you know, doom loop of uh, of crazy and absurdity, you know, deep dive, you know, into the back benches to come up with somebody who would be acceptable um, and acceptable in a party that has been, you know, enabling and empowering the legislative terrorists for years. I mean, this has been a long time coming, but you're absolutely right. What what you saw yesterday was Donald Trump facing all of the legal problems that he is facing, reasserted himself as the apex predator of the Republican Party. 
he doesn't have the clout to get somebody like Jim Jordan elected as speaker, but he certainly has the clout that he can destroy anyone who has taken a stand against him on the big lie. And so what you are seeing is, in fact, uh, the support for the big lie, support for overturning the 2020 election has now become, you know, not just a litmus test. It has become a life or, or death requirement in the Republican Party, because Donald Trump has made it clear that if you did not sign on, to what he attempted to do on January 6th, that, that he will kneecap you. He will take you out. He's sitting in court. I mean, think about his day yesterday. He's sitting in court hearing, um, you know, testimony about how he, you know, all the fraud he engaged in. He hears that uh, Jen Ellis has, uh, has, has flipped the story of Mark Meadow getting immunity. And yet, what does he do? He basically um, says, you know, I am still in charge of the Republican Party. I can extend this chaos and I can set the standard for the future of this party. It's kind of a remarkable 24 hours. And he is that the threshold here, basically? If you don't have enemies, that's your only pathway to 217? No, no, not, not at all. As a matter of fact, last week um, on Saturday, I, I, I texted Mike. I was sitting with my wife and we were talking and she said, who do you think has is, is got a shot at this thing? And I said, well... It's always the first few that 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 hit the beach that get end up getting killed. And that's what exactly what happened. And I said, I would hope that we would get someone like like Mike Johnson. And I and I actually had texted him at that. And I reminded him and he reminded me of that last night. And uh, and so, you know, and the other question is, I get asked is, is was it worth it? And I said, absolutely. It was worth it. It was, uh, you know, as I've stated many times, I prayed about it. It was the right thing to do. And I think you're going to see a great leader. I think the lobbyists are doing everything they can right now to generate, as they did last night in our meeting. Um, you, you saw some of the old guard trying to uh, rally support for a, a, a bogus write-in type situation. And then that's why we forced the vote on a um, on a, an actual voice vote, a roll call vote. So people had to stand up and then you saw everybody gathering around him uh, at the podium. So uh, I think we are on our way to electing a speaker today at noon. I think Congressman, my biggest question right now is whoever your next leader was going to be, and if it's Mike Johnson, which appears there's momentum to that case, that person will have 23 days until the government is set to shut down again. He has committed to yep. standalone appropriations bills, of which I believe your chamber still has eight to pass. The Senate is just starting to move on its first three. There's no way to reconcile 12 bills in 23 days. And you guys don't support a continuing resolution. So how does the government not shut down? We follow the rules. You know, how, where was everybody yelling when we took off the entire month of August and two weeks into September when we knew September 30th was the end of our fiscal year? You know, what's going to have to happen? Some of these guys are going to have to get out of bed before noon and come down here and work. That's what's going to have to happen. The rest of the country is, I can guarantee you, the good folks in Tennessee right now are on their way out the door. They're taking their kids to school. They're heading to work. They're going to the factories, whatever. Right. And you know what? Congress needs to get off their butts and get to work. And that's what needs to happen. And that's what can happen when, you know, we roll out of here. We set a meeting for 10 o'clock. And then we uh, cater in a, 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 a hearty lunch at taxpayer expense. And then we leave by two o'clock and we walk out with our Brooks Brothers suit, you know, unbuttoned and our, and our jacket thrown over our shoulder and, we, and our ties undone. And we say to America, we've been working hard. Well, you know what? That's an insult to hardworking Americans everywhere from the north to the south. 
America isn't buying that anymore. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Mike Johnson, and dadgummit, he's going to deliver. And we're going to see in about four and a half, five hours whether or not that's actually the case. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it's Wednesday, 25 October in the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, to say that there's a lot going on, it's an understatement. Uh, we're going to be uh, making this show up as we go along. We've got a lot of people who want to come on. Uh, we had a slight technical problem, uh, but we'll figure it all out. We'll get it all worked out. The great crew in uh, in Denver and, of course, my own crack production team. Um, just to make sure everybody knows what's going on, as we were leaving the 6 o'clock show last night, Jake Sherman, because I get, you know, Mo and Grace and the team in the engine room are feeding me stuff nonstop. J- Jake Sherman had had reported they were going to have the presentations, but it looks like they were not going to vote. They actually made a decision, called it audible, and, uh, and, and, and started to vote. It became very evident there was a consensus around Mike Johnson, who's a very devout uh, Christian from Louisiana, has been one of the mainstays on, um, on the Judiciary Committee and other investigations, um, and, and very close to the uh, Matt Gates's and Stefanik's. It was a real coming together. People should know, and Matt Gates is going to come down as soon as we can track him down and come on and give the details. But Team McCarthy came in hard. Last night might have been the last stand. We're going to find out today. Because the people that wanted to make changes here, the people that wanted to take on the Uniparty, the people that wanted to take on the cartel, want to get on with this and stay and, and, and go through the, the process last night, you know, have people drop out as the votes went on, get around a designee, and then go to the floor. Go to the floor. Call the Democrats and go to the floor. Whether it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night, that's right. If you go to my Getter account, I've taken down some of the pinned posts, but it was let's get on it. Let's just go. Let's vote in front of the American people. No, back, no backdoor deals. The McCarthy element Remember, I've said the specter of McCarthy, uh, and by McCarthy, we mean the Uniparty, D.C. Uniparty elite, the cartel. The specter of McCarthy was all over all of this, whether it was Scalise or Jordan or, uh, or even Emmer. The specter of McCarthy, what, what they wanted was a return of McCarthy. They wanted to show that this could not get done and that McCarthy with only, you know, the hard six against him and then the hard or the a magnificent six in January and then the hard eight was the uh, the most, um, comp- you know, the, the one that had the most of the conference uh, uh, and back, including the old bulls. McCarthy actually was in competition last night and got to 43 votes, 43 votes was her second only. And Gates will walk through the detail because. The quarterbacking on this and the strategy on back of this last night was nothing short of magnificent to pull this off against all the old bulls. Remember, 
This is still a fight about appropriations, about money, about money and power. And, and the existing cartel is just not going to sit there, just not going to sit there and say, oh, the deplorables are here, MAGA's here, the Trump supporters are here, President Trump is here. This is terrific. Let them, let's toss the keys to them. Let, let them run this place. It's not going to happen, just like in 16. Every day is going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. And last night was a classic, and it will go down in modern political history as a tectonic plate shift. When even members, I think, of the House, the scales fell off their eyes, and they started to see exactly what this fight was about. Everything you've seen on TV, everything you've seen on Fox News, it's all nonsense. This fight, this fight is your fight. This fight is, quite frankly, between uh, the citizens of this country, and particularly those citizens that have engaged and said, uh, we are on a, and Charlie uh, uh, Sykes is wrong there. It's a fiscal doom loop. I've got a, a, there's a great story up in Zero Hedge today that I've put up. It's a fiscal doom loop. And you, the citizens of this nation, have risen up and said, no, we must stop this. We must thwart this. You heard the last question CNN asked of, uh, of Tim Burchett. Well, what are you going to do? You know, you got, they're going to shut the government down. You're going to shut the government down. You're going to shut the government down. The harping on something that's not particularly relevant because what's relevant is run a doom loop. The fight last night was an absolute classic. And where do we stand today? Well, at high noon, and this was blocked. This was McHenry, the McCarthy, McHenry, and I hate to say it, even the Jim Jordan element. Yes, Jim Jordan. I hate to say that. Uh, element closed the floor last night, blocked it so they couldn't go to vote last night, and then blocked it so it couldn't be 9 o'clock this morning, but to, to noon. You give them as much time as possible. And trust me, they're over there right now in the Capitol thinking up every plot they can do to stop Johnson from taking the speakership today. President Trump has come out and supported Johnson. Tom Massey just come out, who was a, a hardcore Jordan backer, just came out and supported him. The support's coming from, from every, uh, every corner except for the, the hardcore McCarthyites who are dug in here. So we're going to see today. It's going to be a tough fight. Uh, you are not just going to be ringside. You're going to be in this fight. We're going to cover with, uh, we're going to stream it immediately starting at noon. We're going to talk about it uh, up until then in the pregame at noon, and you're going to be an active participant. Remember, your voice, you, you have been the deciding factor here. President Trump came in yesterday and gave us amazing air cover. At The timing was exquisite. And think of what Charlie Sykes said there over at MSNBC. President Trump, with all that going on, he's in a courtroom with a guy perjuring himself, lying about him, right? Uh, he's got uh, all this other, you know, Meadows going against what he said publicly and what it's in his book. Everything going on around President Trump, he had the focus to come in and take out Emmer at exactly the right time. There's a lot going on here, folks, but the cartel's on their back foot. Let's keep it that way throughout the day. Short break. We're going to get down to more details next in the war room. Last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. No, I'm not making that up. That is a fact. Central bank digital currencies essentially allow the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Let that sink in for a second. 
In essence, they enable the government to take more control over your personal finances. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold 2. But learn for yourself. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. The easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer, if you have an IRA or 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into IRA into gold. And you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bannon to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold. Then call Birch. Because if digital currency becomes a reality, and trust me, they're on the path to make it so, it'll be nice to have some gold to fall back on. It's only worked for 5,000 years of mankind's history. Let Birch Gold work for you. Bannon. 989898 text it right now. Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, welcome back. We got a lot of work today. We're going to be juggling a lot. We're supposed to have Gates, Burchett, General Flynn, Cash, Paxton. We're, we may have to dip in and out some of this. So, so much is happening, even as we speak, in the fight for the control of the House. Um, and remember, the McCarthy guys are going to do everything possible. To retain power. Uh, very quickly, last night, if you can put up that photo of uh, what, what Mike Johnson did immediately, instead of going to the sticks, instead of going out where you see, you know, where Scalise and everybody, after they got the designee, you go out to the, you go out to the media's sticks, what they, where the microphones are. Mike Johnson did something totally different. He said, we're not going out to that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to play their games. They're going to come into this conference room where we've been debating this for hours and everybody's going to stand together. And what did Mike Johnson do? The very first thing he did was pray to Almighty God. Right there with the media having to, having to watch it, right? The secular, uh, disgusting media. Right there, up in their grill. That shows you a new take leadership. And then, and I don't know if this was Johnson's guys or somebody, because this has, got, this has bugged me from the beginning. McCarthy still sits in the Speaker's office. That's, he was waiting to return. The restoration. They went down and took the sign off. If we got that shot, they took the sign off finally off the off the speaker's office of McCarthy's name. Took it off. A lot of bad blood last night. A lot of bad blood because people finally the it, the unmasking process came to the apex last night. The unmasking process and what it re- went back to these old bulls. A lot of these guys in the Appropriations Committee. A lot of them, you had Womack and these guys come out, oh, we really need, what we need to do is, is get McHenry, we need to do, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And you down in the South know what's going on now. Now, CNN, Zachary Wolf over at CNN has written, quite frankly, CNN Collinson and Zachary Wolf writing for CNN actually understand what this fight is about more than most. And he's got, he put a piece up there that this is about taking on the deep state and the administrative state. This fight that we're having right now is about reorienting the House to take that on. As Trump's second term, it, we're, we're building the farm team right now with Paul Dance. Everything focus, everything converge. As Mike Davis said, this is about Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. This is the situation. But this is why the, the Chevron 
case is going to come up. It's all a convergence to take down the deep state and the administrative state. Absolutely convergence. The House piece, Trump's return as president with now a team being built by Russ Vogt and those guys. Mike Davis and his understanding with Mike Davis of Gorsuch and these others who are deconstruction of the administrative state from the Supreme Court to the federal judiciary of Trump's picks. Mike Davis, how big a deal is this uh, uh, about Mike Johnson? Mike Johnson will be outstanding as the next Speaker of the House. He is a rock-solid conservative. He's a very smart and effective constitutional lawyer. He's very well-respected by his Republican colleagues across the spectrum. We could not have asked for a better pick for a uh, for the time. So uh, House Republicans should get behind Speaker Mike Johnson today. Davis, uh, he's a little bit like you. I mean, he doesn't come off as hot as you because you're a redheaded Irishman, but he he's a strict uh, a constitutionalist. And, you know, knowing him on these committees and people around him and seeing his, he is infuriated by the administrative state, and he's particularly infuriated by the deep state element of it. He's, he, he's disgusted with what DOJ's turned into. He's disgusted with what's happened to the FBI. He's particularly, not just as an institution, but he's really disgusted about Merrick Garland and this crowd over there, uh, Lisa Monaco and this crowd over there at, at DOJ. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's, he knows what the, uh, what the Biden Justice Department, including the FBI, has been up to. He's on to their game. And uh, he is, like I said, he's a smart constitutional lawyer. He's going to be able to root this out, and he's going to be very effective at it. He was the uh, chairman of the Republican Study Committee, which is the conservative caucus. He's the uh, vice chair of the House Republican Conference now. He's a deputy whip, so he's been in the House leadership Uh, He's been on these committees. He's done the legal work on the outside. He's been in the Louisiana state legislature. This guy uh, has done a lot in a short amount of time. So he's not uh, he's only been in D.C. for like five or six years. So he's not part of the problem. He's not part of the swamp. And I think he he's the guy you want to go in and help uh, drain the swamp and take out the administrative state and hold them accountable. I want to talk about tech here because people, uh, the inside baseball on a lot of this is the control that the Wall Street oligarchs and big tech have over the imperial capital. And this came out really in the beloved Jim Jordan, you know, and and we know from our audience, right? Our audience are Jim Jordan 1.0 guys. They're certainly not Jim Jordan 2.0 guys. It's one of the reasons that you didn't see the passion. You saw it on Fox and I said, but you didn't see the passion from the grassroots a lot of that has to do with Jordan's association with big tech. And Mike Johnson, I think you're going to get the reverse. But talk to me about how big tech, the big tech's got their hand in everything. The money they've got, the power they've got on Capitol Hill is unprecedented. Uh, Mike Johnson, I mean, uh, Mike Davis. Yeah, I mean, I would say this. I was a loud and vocal critic of Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan for many years because of their position on tech. I think that they were too cozy with Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. Those trillion-dollar big tech monopolists have gatekeeping power over information and commerce. They have, they have the ability to control what we say, what we hear. They can throw the outcome of elections, like we saw with Facebook and Zuckbox in the 2020 election. They have too much power, and there's a coalition of populist conservatives on the right, along with old school traditional liberals 
who don't like that these tech oligarchs, these trillion dollar big tech monopolists have that gatekeeping power, right? And so they want to do trust. We want to do trust busting. And I think you're going to see Mike Johnson is more in our camp that we should hold these trillion dollar big tech monopolists accountable for their bad acts. They have, uh, they, they cancel conservatives, they stifle free speech, they crush small businesses, and it's time that they're held accountable. There's a bipartisan coalition right now in the House and the Senate that can break up Google's gatekeeping power right now. Google's the worst offender. And there's a bill right now by Senator Mike Lee, certainly no liberal, uh, uh, that can break up the Google's online advertising monopoly, which is the key to all of this. If they didn't control online advertising and the billions of dollars in revenue that they get from that, they wouldn't have this gatekeeping power. So I hope Mike Johnson, uh, as the Speaker of the House, can uh, can uh, have the House team up with Senator Mike Lee and let's get this legislation passed to break up Google's online advertising monopoly. Look, I'm not sure. But look, there's nothing perfect in this world. And, uh, you know, we're, we weren't going to end up with a perfect speaker unless you had Trump in an interim. And that clearly wouldn't happen. President Trump's fully occupied with running for president and trying to sort this mess out. Um, Johnson's not going to be the type of, you know, radical budget deficit hawks that I am and many of the people on the show. But I think we're going to get wins in, in many other places. As, as you would look out, what are the types of aggressive moves you would like to see on the administrative state, the border, other things that are kind of in Mike Johnson's more of his wheelhouse, Mike Davis? Well, I would say I put out a Fox News opinion piece on the appropriations process for Kevin McCarthy, and the same holds true for Mike Johnson. I, <clears throat> I think Mike Johnson needs to push very hard. Remember, the House controls the power of the purse. If the House doesn't appropriate the money, then it doesn't get appropriated. You need the House, you need the Senate, you need the, the president to sign the appropriation. And, and I would say this, that the American people are tired of out-of-control spending. They're, they're tired of the resulting inflation that makes it so hard for people to make ends meet every every month with high gas prices, high food prices, and the interest rates are out of control, making home ownership out of reach for too many working class, everyday Americans. And I think what Mike Johnson and House Republicans need to do with this appropriations fight is try to, to, try to bring spending back to at least pre-COVID levels, right? This is, a re this is the diet we're going to put the federal government on and if the, the, uh, the Senate Democrats and the Biden White House don't want to go on that diet, then I guess what? Guess what? We're going to shut down the government until they decide to go on that diet. And I think that's key. And they also need to in include uh, crucial appropriations writers in this, in this appropriations process to say we're not going to spend money, for example, on transgender surgeries for kids and prisoners. We're not going to have a politicized and weaponized justice system. If we do, they're going to lose all federal funding. If you, you're not going to be able to go after major presidential candidates on or before the presidential election. We haven't had an indictment of a, of a former president or a leading presidential candidate in our history. Why are we starting now with this lawfare and election interference? There are so many things that the Republicans can do, and I encourage Mike Johnson's team to look at my Fox News opinion piece on this. We'll make sure it goes over there. Uh, they're, they're getting all over. The mainstream media is coming in hard because Mike Johnson, I think he wrote the amicus brief. He was very involved in, uh, in the initial efforts 
to set things right on the stolen election. And the election was stolen. There you can see the, the catastrophic consequences of that all over. Uh, how tough do you think they come in on, on that, uh, uh, Mike Davis? I think people are so tired of Democrats complaining about the stolen election. They, the Democrats, the Hillary Clinton still claims the 2016 election was stolen. I think people are, 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 are tired of hearing the Democrats complain about this. It's not the... It's not that, you know, people complaining about a stolen election are ignoring the fact that the world is on fire under President Biden. We have chaos and war around the world. Our economy's in shambles. I think people are ready for some more Trump mean tweets to put President Trump back in office (laughs) instead of having instead of having chaos and despair around the world. Mike Davis, how do people get to you? How do they get to Article three? How do they find your fiery social media? It's article3project.org, article3project.org, and my mean tweets are at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A, on Twitter, Get Her True. Thank you, Steve. Mike, Mike Davis, let's man the ramparts. Get a, get, let's start fighting, brother. Mike Davis always loves a fight. Fighting Irishman right there. Short break. Back in a moment. It can happen anywhere. Fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides. Regular cell phone service is fragile and can go down in an instant. Just ask the folks out in Maui. And when that happens, how will you contact your loved ones? That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. Regular cell phones cover less than 8% of the Earth's surface. But with your sat phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private. No one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages, encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, War Room's trusted partner, Satellite Phone Store, is giving you a free and Marsat satellite phone with a 12-month plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon right now. Be ready for anything, earthquake, wildfires, terrorism, anywhere on Earth with your new satellite phone today, as well as your free bonuses. Visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50. At checkout for free activation or dial 855-980-5830 to snag your free Amarsat satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon code Steve50 or call 855-980-5830. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Yesterday was history, historic and uh, and fast moving from a courtroom in uh, in Manhattan where President Trump participated to the nation's capital to you out there who made this happen. The number is two zero two 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 five three one two one. I want to show you the picture. I'm bringing Matt Gates, Congressman Gates, right now. But Mike Johnson, let's see this again. First thing he did was not go to the sticks, but to call the media into the conference room where they had this intense debate for hours when he was named designee. He bowed his head in prayer with the entire conference in back of him. Bowed his head in prayer. To Almighty God, uh, Matt Gates, it, it was epic, historic, unprecedented. Walk us through it. 
Uh, thanks so much, Stephen. I have to start by thanking the War Room Posse. This would not have happened without you. I can legitimately say that the feedback people were getting from our activists all over the country led them to the best result. And I also want to thank you, Steve, because though I get very frustrated with you sometimes when I'm trying to call you and get advice and you're broadcasting, <laughs> you know, 87 hours a day, I do appreciate in, in the off hours uh, your counsel. And it's important for people to know how uh, how gracious you are with that and how much I appreciate it and how much my colleagues appreciate it. So I, I want to give you the first let, draft let me, of let me say one. Let me just say one thing, and, and I, no, I always defer – I always defer to Gates because this is a young man that's got quite he he's playing five dimension chess all the time. And sometimes we have crosswords, a little hot talking, but it's on the process of making sure things run well. Matt, terrific job. Walk us through what happened. No, it's the it's the Irish in you and the Scotch Irish in me, maybe. So, all right, here's here's what happened. I'm gonna, the, the, really the the ch the chapter of this that was dispositive. The crescendo begins as uh, Tom Emmer is withdrawing from the race yesterday. It, it, I told Emmer on Sunday he was not going to get there. He was going to move like a hot knife through butter through about the first, you know, 80 percent of the conference, but that there was going to be a series of votes that were never going to be there for him. He wanted to run through it. And I said, Tom, here's the deal. Uh, you can have your runway, but when you get to that last group that will not support you, you cannot drag this on for days. You cannot drag this on for weeks. You cannot play into what Kevin McCarthy was working the whole time to try to get people to believe that the only person that could govern the Republican conference is Kevin McCarthy. So Emmer agrees that he's going to have his shot, but that it's going to be quick. So we get that through the gestation system uh, early yesterday. So as Emmer is withdrawing, Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer, and that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. Who was that? Kevin McCarthy stands up oh, and come interrupts on. and says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson was exasperated. All the times Johnson had voted for McCarthy, had carried his water, maybe even voted for some bills he didn't like because he, he was working toward the Republican conference's stated objectives under McCarthy. And, and here was the thing. It showed everyone that it was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Scalise. It was actually McCarthy who was working to knife Jim Jordan. It was McCarthy working to knife everyone, and he hadn't yet figured out a way to knife Mike Johnson. And so he was worried that there was going to be this great unifying moment, and he scuttled the unifying moment. So because of McCarthy's objection, we had to have this three-hour delay. And, you know, candidates announce again, have another form. And guess what happens during that delay, Steve? Patrick McHenry runs to the House floor, opens it up out of recess, and then adjourns till noon today. Now, why did he do that? Because they were setting up a play to block Mike Johnson with write-in votes in the intra-conference process for Kevin McCarthy. 
They were promising people hearings on their favorite legislation, passage of bills. I heard people promised, oh, maybe you'll get a, a chairmanship. And, and the play was for McCarthy to return as speaker and then Jim Jordan to be the deputy speaker in some sort of like Dwight Schrute assistant to the regional manager posture. And that would have been debasing to Jordan, someone I like a great deal, and it would have been empowering to McCarthy. So Garrett Graves and all these people are working to try to effectuate this return of McCarthy. And they're telling us there are going to be 100 votes for McCarthy on the write-in. You know how many there were? 33 on the first write-in. So they flame out terribly. Mike Johnson's gaining momentum. Ultimately, uh, McCarthy gets 43 to vote for him on a secret ballot, but Mike Johnson gets a majority, and then he says, you know what I want? I want a roll call vote. So that those 43 would have to announce themselves as, as being for a candidate who wasn't even running instead of a unifying force like Mike Johnson. And when we called for the roll call, do you know how many people voted for Kevin McCarthy? Zero. He went from four, he went he, zero. So he went from promising 100 votes to delivering 43 to zero willing to vote for him. And everyone in the room knew at that moment that I wasn't the force for chaos. I wasn't causing disunity. That for the last three weeks, the reason the House of Representatives has been paralyzed is because for his own selfish gain, Kevin McCarthy was sabotaging the candidacy of anyone else because he was plotting a return. And we stopped it. And in the place of Kevin McCarthy, we get a Bayou uh, Louisiana Mike Johnson, a brilliant constitutional attorney. He has been my seatmate in the House Judiciary Committee for seven years. For seven years, we have worked against the illegitimate impeachments, against the weaponization of this government. This is this guy did the toughest cases before the Louisiana Supreme Court. He is sharp. He will be as respected in the halls of our, uh, in the homes of our most meaningful, righteous, and patriotic donors as he will at the rallies with our most enthusiastic and meaningful activists. It is going to be a great moment for the House. And you know what? At the very end, when some people didn't know if they could still even bring back McCarthy, a few of them just left the room and didn't vote. And the swamp is on the run. That's MAGA is ascendant. And if, if you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican Party truly lies, uh, then, then you're not paying attention. But they are, they are crying. They are hand-wringing and bedwetting over on K Street because we have an honorable, righteous, righteous man uh, who is about to take this position. He's going to do great things for the country. I want to make sure we go back to this because of the 20, once you made the vote, once Mike Johnson said, I want it on the record, we're not going to go to the floor because McCarthy's guys blocked it, but I want it on the record here. All four, not, not one of the 43 stood up and said, I'm voting for McCarthy, correct? No. And like, obviously, because McCarthy and Graves and, and these guys were running this because they were out promising the world to people, they voted for McCarthy. But then Kevin McCarthy, after voting on the secret anonymous ballot for himself, then had to stand up and vote for Mike Johnson after his objections had been overrun, after his coalition had, been, had dissolved, and after the sad hopes of a desperate man trying to cling to power were vanquished. This is I want to go back to the specter. We've called the specter McCarthy has loomed over this entire thing in the media. The mainstream media refused. They kept saying we were the causes of chaos. This is because 
the lobbyists, the corporatists, the oligarchs on Wall Street, big tech have control of him in this apparatus. They've had it yes. now for over a decade. Right. right and they right. don't want to give when it up. That was, control, at the end of the day, that's what the fight was about. Right. When they are in control, the American people get chaos. We get chaos with no budgets, with rising debts, with an administrative bureaucratic state that has seemingly no check, with all of these uh, performative resolutions and investigations that don't result in meaningful change for our people. That's chaos. I have tried to bring order out of that chaos. And the reason it took me a little longer than expected, the reason it took three weeks instead of three days, is because Kevin McCarthy leveraged the last vestiges of his power to try to block any other human of any other ideology from being able to assume the speakership. And he was defeated. The swamp was defeated. And it would not have happened without this posse. It would not have happened without uh, some some great work from people like Jody Arrington, Clay Higgins, uh, Scott Perry. We we had we had a great team working uh, to give Mike Johnson the support he needed to build a coalition. Uh, Kevin Hearn was an absolute star. Mark Green was the star. Uh, there there is going to be a real opportunity for us to come together. This and is what it is th- on our th- terms. Th- this is why it, it is what, their what, surrender this on is our what, terms. Right. This is what Green said when Green dropped out and said he tweeted out, he says, their game's being played. Those are the games we're talking about. But also, Emmer and Scalise had a role in this also. Was This was really a unifying moment for the entire conference. Didn't they have a role in this also? Yeah, and I respect these men, and I know they might not be the favorite of your audience, but there was a moment when I went to Emmer and Scalise and I said, look, fellas, like now you see it. You see it plain as day that the person who was working against you all along was Kevin McCarthy. And Steve Scalise, like like the Italian godfather, sat in the corner as McCarthy was trying to block his fellow Louisiana and Mike Johnson. And member after member came up to Steve Scalise and he would give them advice and counsel people, respect Steve so much and listen to him. And you watched Steve Scalise put the final dagger in the heart of the hopes of Kevin McCarthy's return. And it was a beautiful chef's kiss because Steve Scalise actually was not treated fairly during this process. Kevin did everything he could to hurt Steve. And the fact that Steve now gets to put Mike Johnson in that chair uh, over Kevin McCarthy's attempted comeback is is glorious. Another Louisiana. Uh, real quickly, I know you got to b- bounce, but you in your seven years as as the wingman with uh, with Johnson, he's very focused on the administrative state. He's very focused on the deep state. He's very as a constitutionalist. He's beyond upset about what's happened to DOJ. Walk me through what do you think that's going to take as far as the speakership? Well, Mike Johnson lashes a technical proficiency to go after the administrative state with a real desire and willingness to do so. We have had some people demonstrate great proficiency, but maybe not as much willingness. And then some people aren't willing at all. Mike Johnson sees the weaponized administrative state for what it is. The best questioning that I've seen from any member on any subject in the 118th Congress was last year when Mike Johnson pinned Merrick Garland down on critical race theory and the fact that his own son-in-law was profiting off of it and Garland was then serving as the muscle. It, it was exquisite. So this guy knows what to do. He is a tactician and I will be right by his side doing everything possible to see that Mike Johnson is successful, to see that the House of Representatives is successful in our oversight goals and ultimately that the American people are 
are successful. The other thing, Trump and Mike Johnson get along so well. You'll remember back in one of the impeachments of yesteryear, Mike Johnson was actually on the Trump defense team uh, driving a lot of the message and a lot of the legal strategy that was ultimately successful in the Senate. It starts at high noon. I hear Elise Stefan is going to put his name in nomination. Uh, uh, Matt, where do people go on social media to follow you? Because it's going to be an intense day. We're not yeah, quite I'm going there to be yet. Bre- I'm going to be breaking down uh, more detail on how this developed and even uh, what we're doing now to ensure that we lock down those last votes on my podcast, Firebrand, that people can find on Rumble, on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, at Matt Gates at Rep Matt Gates anywhere on the Internet. I do a pretty good job letting you know what's happening. Uh, Congressman Gray, uh, Gates, fantastic job. Uh, great work overnight. Look forward to talking to you this afternoon. Ah, oh, this is this is what victory feels like, man. We got we got more to do, but <laughs> I've, I've told you in the past and I've told the audience in the past, don't celebrate yet. You know what? You deserve this. You deserve this moment when this godly good man takes this position. And we you we, we can finally show you what a fighting Republican Party in control of the House of Representatives looks like. I have not seen that in seven years under McCarthy and Paul Ryan. We finally get a chance with Mike Johnson. This is a great day. Amen, brother. Matt Gates. Uh, let's go ahead and stream. I want to stream his podcast ASAP. Congressman Gates, thank you. General Flynn next in the war room. I am the last person on earth to nag you about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower b- blood pressure, and cholesterol, Eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You feel better with more energy. And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com, code Bannon. Take agency, do it today. Action, action, action. I jumped out of the darkness, rose in the light. Because they're so visible, because they're so public, there's no more conspiracy theory argument because in the past, I and mean, really only a couple of years ago, if you raised some of the names that you mentioned, the media, the big media, would attack and they'd say, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theorists. Don't listen to Mike Flynn. Listen to this guy. Listen to a Dr. Harari or listen to a Klaus Schwab or listen to some of these other leaders that are part of this organization. Those are two that are very public and they're on record with their ideas, their timelines and their capabilities. It's very real. 
our life in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected. And who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. That's a new movie, Into the Light. I want to bring in General Flynn. In an era of information warfare, fifth-generation warfare, there's no better field commander that we have in the Trump movement than General Flynn. Uh, General Flynn, you see today we're going to be up at noon in the House to try to get a speaker fighting the administrative state, the deep state, the uniparty, all of it. Um, talk to me. How does this film help inform us about where where we are? It, it's got you and Logan in it, who are two of the best warriors we've got. Walk me through it. Yeah. So first, you can find the you can find that film into the light dot movie into the light dot movie. So this is really about this is exactly what we're involved in is this notion of fifth generation war, uh, fifth generation warfare. I mean, this is a very real time that we're facing. We're facing a I, I call it globalism versus Americanism. And there is a real threat to this country. And, and that I just listened to the uh, to the clip that you just did with Matt Gates, you know, who I have a lot of time for and a lot of respect for because Matt's in there fighting and. This is a very today, this historic vote that's going to take place today. And I do believe it's going to be a very positive outcome. It's one of the sort of death knells for the establishment uh, rhino slash uniparty. One of the things that we do talk about in this book, Fifth Generation Warfare, is this uniparty that exists in Washington, D.C. And Mike Johnson is not part of it. So now all of a sudden, Mike Johnson is going to step into a role and I think Matt laid it out strategically. That last 15 minutes of, of Matt Gates there, I think that's going to be a clip for the for the history books because uh, Matt laid out in detail, and this is years in the making to get rid of, to put basically nails in the coffin of the establishment uniparty that exists in Washington, D.C. This movie, Into the Light, uh, that was you know written, produced, and, uh, and, and the guy that you saw there that I was talking to, Mike Smith, you know, he, he uh, created Out of the Shadows, and then, he, and then he just uh, recently created Into the Light. So Into the Light movie, the, the efforts that we are involved in right now are really to save this country. And it's to save this country from this globalist takeover. When I look at what's happening geopolitically uh, and geostrategically, meaning what's happening politically and strategically around the world, all of these things matter as to what is going on today in Washington, D.C., in the House, and this, this choice of the next speaker of the House of Representatives, because this is a direction that the country must take. We must take a direction towards basically what, what we've always said, Steve, and you know this, America first, right? We've got to take care of our own house first. And that's sort of the, the idea about into the light is this mass deception, this mass psyop that has been going on for many, many years, particularly uh, you know, led by the media led by the sort of the big media, but it's it really comes from a, a sort of a dark side of this globalist elite, these oligarchs that are out there, both in, of course, in Europe, uh, out of the World Economic Forum, but they exist in many places around the world. They exist in the in the uh, prime minister in Canada, the, the president of France. I mean, we have these this body of this World Economic Forum. And frankly, I do believe that what we're going to learn from what is happening in the Middle East, that there are some elements of that 
uh, of that uh, World Economic Forum that have a direct play in what is happening in the Middle East and what happened to Israel. So when we look at when we look at warfare, we look at what's going on uh, in Israel and the fight that they have with Hamas on their southern border, Hezbollah on their northern border, and the northeast they got a fight going on with the, with basically the Syrian government. The Syrian government has six six brigades that sit on that in the Golan Heights, as well as what we now know, which was which was not reported by the U.S. government. These I think we have 24 uh, uh, Americans that were wounded in Iraq. We've got at least 30, maybe more than 30. American citizens killed in this attack by Hamas. I mean, all of this stuff plays together. This is not some isolated incident that we typically hear about in Israel, right? This is a global, this is a, a global war that we are in, and there are physical components, there are certainly informational components, and that's this business of fifth generation warfare. It's what the Uniparty wants you to believe coming out of Washington, DC, this this just constant, endless war racket that we have, whether whether it's 200 plus billion dollars in Ukraine or a hundred million dollars that are that they're trying to shove through the Congress right now. I mean, one of the things that Mike Johnson's going to have to decide to do, because I do believe that, you know, I do believe that Mike Johnson's going to win the day here, but what the new speaker's going to have to do, and I mean, and I mean immediately, Steve, these guys can't go and and start patting themselves on the back and take a three-day weekend. I want to see these guys like you do, Steve, 24 hours a day, put put cots, you know, hots and cots in, in the halls of Congress, start sleeping in your offices because the American people don't we're, we're We've had enough. We are running out of time. We have maybe one more year left before we have an election, whether or not we have that election. This administration is going to play all kinds of games. And, and we have a a global problem right now. You know, and I haven't even mentioned China, although you and I have had great, great conversations about China and how much how much uh, China has in terms of global influence. And uh, and the other uh, component of this, Steve, is this uh, digital currency. And I know we've talked about this. You've you've talked about this, this yep. this role of the the BRICS, the BRICS plus seven, right? BRICS plus seven, Brazil, Russia, India. China and South Africa, plus a new a seven other nations that joined the BRICS, that represents about 75% of the world's population. And they are about to move to this central bank digital currency that is going to yep. potentially crush the, crush the U.S. dollar, certainly change the course of the U.S. dollar as the currency of choice around the world. So, General Flynn, can you hang on for a second? We're going to just take a quick 90-second break. I just want to, I want to get yep. back and ask you... Um, the movie is into the light, uh, dot com slash Bannon. Go check it out right now. You get a special uh, deal. Go check it out. We're going to take 90 seconds. We got Flynn. We got Paxton. We got Cash Patel. We're going to go back up to the Capitol. Today is game day. Let's get focused. Next in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. 
You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.